everyone, I'm Jay. And I'm Scott, and welcome to Witches for Twix. Um, so Sophia's not with us today because she is recovering from um, a voice surgery that she had at the Yizan Voice Center in Seoul, South Korea. I was trying to remember the pronunciation of that. I'm pretty sure it was Yizan. Um, yeah, so she can't talk for the next seven to eight weeks or something like that. So... Um, so these next couple episodes, we're going to do something a little different. Um, we still want Sophia to uh, very much have a voice, even though she technically doesn't have a voice <laughs> right now. Right. Basically. Um, we want her to still have a voice on the podcast. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to we asked her to write up her like a summary of her opinion on the topic that we're going to be talking about today. And then uh, I'm going to read it before me and Scott get into the main topic. And I especially didn't want her to be out of this episode because um, the topic is misogyny in uh, the witch... Misogyny in witch communities and misogyny in queer communities. So, um, yeah, I didn't didn't want to to have Sophia not be able to chime in (laughs) on that. I kept saying the same thing. Yes. (laughs) But um, I think it's a really relevant topic. I kind of I kind of shotgunned the idea into our into our group chat the other day because I just I keep seeing it everywhere and it's bad. It's just I feel like it's just getting it's just getting worse and it's so prevalent in in each community that I'm really a part of. And we were just recently at Pride and I don't know. I just have a lot of things to say and I'm and I'm sure Scott has you know been seeing some things too here and there. So but let's start off with. Um, with Sophia's take on this and I have it on my phone so I'm not going to be like staring at the camera the whole time but I'm going to try to look so here's Sophia's take on uh, misogyny she says misogyny in magic groups oh god where do I begin true it's a huge topic so I will try not to rant on about this because I could write a whole book on it true and we could probably do about 10,000 episodes on this subject She says, basically men, especially cis men, are so used to everything being for them and about them that it's the automatic expected standard that it applies to every situation. What happens with magic groups can be especially bad because there's this weird dynamic to magic groups already. Because nobody usually knows anybody unless you've been in a group for a while, people often have to prove what they know in some kind of weird assertion of the ego. Uh More often than proving what you know, you have to prove who you are to people. There's a weird dynamic where people listen less to what is being said than they do who's saying it. Back when I was viewed as a straight, white, cis male... Almost everything I said would have support from the group status quo. If I was mad or upset about something, people listened because they thought I had validity. But, post-transition, it's literally the opposite. People don't listen because I'm not a straight white cis man in their eyes anymore, and any complaint or problem I have gets chalked up to me being emotional or lashing out. The exact methods that society as a whole uses to dismiss women gets applied in magic groups, too, except it's magnified because we can't talk in empirical terms. 
While it is possible to beat a man into submission with scientific knowledge and facts when it's irrefutable, you cannot do that with opinions and personal experiences. Since so much of magic is subjective and personal, there's no real right or wrong. This leads to women's experiences having no grounds for being able to prove their validity and thus will almost always be dismissed unless the woman in question has considerable pull with the specific group she's in. This has led me personally to step away from every group I've to every group I'm affiliated with because if you rock the boat then people take that as reason for dismissing you. It's a real double bind too. Because if they cannot dismiss you as emotional, which I certainly assure you they will attempt to do, they can simply ignore you and talk over you. Magic groups these days seem to be less about practice and sharing, and more about politics and group agreement. Nuanced conversation gets sacrificed so that echo chambers can exist. It's far easier just to find the people who agree with you and listen to them than it will ever be to listen to people who disagree with you. Very seldomly do people want to have anything other than their personal thoughts and opinions validated, and if you do not follow this cycle, then you're left out to dry. So naturally, this affects anyone who falls outside of the status quo, which happens to include people of color, women, trans people, and queer people. Misogyny is just an extension of dominant society's need for status quo and obedience from everyone who falls outside that very narrow category and i can see scott shaking his head the whole time and me too um so yeah i absolutely sophia i I don't disagree with you on any of these points and i i don't think we really disagree can i also but, say um, sophia i'm sorry that was beautifully written just yeah that was also great <laughs> and i hope i did enough justice to it reading it you did it sounded very nice um so yeah let's um you want to talk about magic groups first, or you want to talk about yeah, queer let's, community first? Yeah, let's, let's talk about magic groups first. Um, so magic groups, okay, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to be a little bit harsh uh, to, uh, to magical groups. Um, you suck. Put, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no um, do better. But do definitely do better. Um, mm-hmm. They're innately clicky anyway, uh, even without talking about misogyny. Um, they, there is this kind of, uh, in the witchcraft community, we, we definitely have this, you know, they want to see your papers. Like, mm-hmm. why should I listen to you? And it's interesting to see that connected back to this idea of dominance, misogyny, um, status quo, which, oddly enough, I don't think my mind ever did. I always just thought it was pompousness. I always mm-hmm. just thought it was this uh, putting on airs and this, this uh, aura of pomp, you know? Right. But I mean, which I still think it is, but to, to understand the underlying factor, it's interesting that Sophia kind of did that because totally, I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and, and it, it, it definitely is a, uh, oh man, because I've had so many experiences in which you, you would think would, would contradict, right? But I don't even think that they do. I've, I've had so many experiences in which um, the need, the need to be dominant in the, man, I have a lot to say and it's just kind of jumbled. Okay. So what I'm trying to simply get at is 
I've had many experience in which people have talked at me mm. and have belittled me for my opinion on a topic of magic instead of talking to me why I felt the way I felt and why it is that I, maybe I should change my mind in a, in a polite, you know, uh, a polite way that was, you know, healthy discourse instead of them talking at me kind of being like, uh, you're an idiot because you didn't do this. And have you ever actually done this kind of sorcery? And if you haven't studied this particular system of magic while well, you're doing it all wrong, you know, so you're just talking about right now, you're just talking about the general pompousness of magic groups in general. Right. But yeah. I think I think it applies because what happens is uh, because of, of the dynamic that misogyny creates. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts becoming about you know, people start becoming defensive. Mm. So would you say that maybe um, maybe also maybe people who are. Uh, maybe a bit more effeminate or like that kind of straddle both kind of worlds um, in terms of like how they are gender expression that they can also be subject to the issues that misogyny kind of creates within right. these magic groups. Mm-hmm. So maybe so this like really strong, I don't know, strong opinioned fucking armchair wizard is you know, oh, well, blah, 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 this is what I think, and if you don't think this too, you're wrong, is saying to you, the the trad witch who's like, you know, bones and stones and shake the rattle, you know, you know, it's just like, it's seen as, um, I think we talked about this before, it's seen as low magic, right? Yeah, yep, the, the low feminine, magic. Low magic, magic. The women magic, feminine, more passive mm-hmm. magic, um, which honestly, I don't, sometimes when i talk to some like not really talk i don't really talk to them i kind of just lurk in magic groups because because of this problem um i I become more of a lurker so uh, i notice like i don't know it's just uh i think like tradcraft in general is kind of just dismissed but i i don't really view it i actually i view tradcraft as more of an active form of magic than say um all these chaos magic theories and this and that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. if you will it into exit, you know, you can sit here and think about a whole spell and you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm sure you can, but I mean, I think that there I are facets. Passive. I think that there are facets of that that apply. Um, it's funny because a lot of the time too, well, you have, you have these kind of two, two systems of magic that historically intersect almost consistently which is you know high ceremonial magic and traditional craft Mm -hmm. now traditional craft now while of course people are like you know rich people were practicing you know witchcraft back in medieval blah 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 time Mm -hmm. blah um and it's like sure of course there were very wealthy women who practiced magic um Mm -hmm. but the thing is is that predominantly People who practice magic were the cunning folk, things, healers, village, whatever's mm-hmm. uh, pre- predominantly cunning folk. Um, who it was were the not educated. Of the people. Right. They weren't educated. What they would do is they would look at the symbols, and some of them were kind of like, some of them were literate enough to understand like the just of what the sigil and symbols were, or yeah. the just of what was supposed to happen, but they weren't literate enough to, you know, Vows and you know, I mean, that's how they talk, but you know what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. It wasn't this educated man's magic. 
Um, right. They didn't have big tomes of um, of magic words and all right. kinds. You know, it wasn't. Right. They weren't in their robes and cloaks and their eight thousand incenses burning. They weren't. Yeah, it wasn't like that. It wasn't rich no. man's magic. No. Um. So. What was I? Um. Where was I? I apologize. So, uh, I kind of forget exactly where you were, but I was curious if you, if did you have any like examples where misogyny was particularly, or magic groups in general were just particularly didn't make you feel welcome? Mm, um, it's more about the voice thing, uh, like having a voice in magical spaces. I find that now. I don't see. I don't know if it's because they perceive it as femininity, mm-hmm. um, which obviously I have a lot of, mm-hmm. or if they perceive it just as overly gentle. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you notice. Which is viewed as weak, maybe. They, right. Um, but that comes from misogynistic and and you know dominant you know the need for right because the idea of being gentle is associated with femininity and therefore associated with weakness exactly it's exactly. a terrible trickle-down effect when honestly some of our most terrifying goddesses entities figures in folklore and folk magic have been women and right. you know there's some of them are forces to be reckoned with right i mean you know so, I mean, as far as that, as far as my not like the, the I don't desire to argue, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into flame wars with witches on, on the Internet about when you were younger. Did you were you a bit more argumentative when you were younger? I'm actually a little bit more argumentative now. Uh, that's mm-hmm. only because of therapy and learning to say no, um, learning it's to kind of be proud. like, yeah, Um but when I was younger, I would run, I would get scared, and I would be like, okay, bye, and I would, like, quickly, like, delete and, like, you know, yeah. I would get rid of everything. Did you think that maybe, like, oh, yeah, they're right, like, I don't know enough, I don't know enough, was it maybe a bit of that? Absolutely. I mean, I would always get, the, you know, you would, I mean, I used to question my, my, my craft, and I used to question myself all the time. It only took me up until maybe two three maybe four years ago now where i've really kind of be like where i'm really confident in my craft where i truly know in my in my craft Mm -hmm. without without like overly kind of being like you know you don't know as much as you do you know the imposter syndrome uh that kind of happens with magic in general um so for me like i said it was mostly this kind of like well, you're timid and your and your voice is like, you know, small, you know, mm-hmm. you're, I, I would like whenever I would disagree, I would disagree in a healthy way. I would kind of be like, well, what do you think about this? You know, I kind of don't know if I feel the same, you know, and it was very polite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was never... just shutting someone down and saying, no, you're mm-hmm. wrong. Right. Right. I was very polite. And then people would attack me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, that that is something that I've experienced. Uh, I did now. I mean, I've witnessed other things. Like one thing mm-hmm. I do want to talk about, and we've talked about this before, but this is still a part of it. Um, most of the authors coming out right now are gay white men. Mm-hmm. Um, 
There's just easy... nothing wrong with that. No, there so, isn't. There right. isn't anything intrinsically wrong with that at all. But the thing is, is that there are other voices in this community. Yes. You know, that we need to be looking at. I mean, there are also many women, but a lot of them are white women. Mm-hmm. Um, so I maybe think there's you know, some, well, I shouldn't say maybe, but there, there's definitely whitewashing that goes on in um, magic groups. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But I, I do think that there is something to be said about the fact that we're, we're focusing our attention predominantly on, even though there's still queer men, mm-hmm. we're still predominantly focusing on men. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the voices we want to listen to, you know. I always find it very interesting um, that there are so many male authors and so many men in the spotlight of which communities, right? When historically, traditionally, it has been, quote-unquote, more, I guess, women's, uh, a female craft. You know what I'm saying? So, like, like how people say, right, exactly. So a lot of people um, say, you know, well, only only women can be witches, right? Yeah. So people say, well, only Tumblr. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Bye, Tumblr. Um, So, yeah, so apparently only women can be witches. Okay, so there's a statement. And well, if only women can be witches, then why are most of our predominant witch writers men? So I mean, like it's just kind of it's kind of ridiculous there, but it's also a little bit ridiculous because then if it then if only witches can be women, then why do we why do we silence the women? Why do we go through these extra steps to to quiet them and to tell them no, you're wrong or you're incorrect and what you say oh you're kind of right you're almost there honey like it's almost like oh you're so cute and thank you for sharing your opinion and but my opinion is right you know i don't like that i don't like the whole um do you are you aware of what sophia was talking about the whole mansplaining situation were you privy to that (laughs) i without naming it i ended up catching on to it a couple days like a day or two later group it was in just because i don't want to i don't want the whole group to yeah we're not here to do that we're just here to talk about in general um i did see the post i was furious um what was the situation oh what was it i did see it i remember comments so it was sophia that made the initial post i believe uh it was actually sophia's comment to a post to a post and and of course Sophia likes to write a lot and yeah. the comment was lengthy and um people kind of jumped on and basically were doing that whole like oh women and women in their hysterics you know like kind of like chalking it up to this kind of you know she's just uh bitching or uh. you know it was it wasn't taken as seriously there was like maybe one one and a half people who were kind of on Sophia's side. There was this one person, I think they have like a, they have like an anime picture as their profile picture. And they were totally on board with Sophia. But Do you um, remember what the, what the topic was about, what the content was about? You know, I don't, I think <laughs> I really you're don't. just so angry about, I really was. I was sitting here like, and of course I still do this thing. And this is like my own thing where like, I'll type something out and it'll be like scathing. Right. And then I delete it. Delete, 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 yeah. Like, I I write it again, and I, you know, 
Um, unfortunately, I did that over and over and over and you over. Missed your and... window. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, I guess <sighs> this particular group. Anyway, there's a lot of um, pseudo pseudo intellectualism that kind of they use to battle you. But the problem with that is is that you can't fight. It's hard to fight that with fact, like Sophia said. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things where I'd rather just stay away. Right, you don't want to get... Not like, oh, I don't want to get involved, but it's because not the, worth... I mean, I would have... Because, like, if... If the words used were... Um, I think if, if they actually had used, like... Uh, uh, what, uh, like, derogatory words. Mm. Like, if, if it went to that... I think I would have been like, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. if he is my friend, you're not going to do that. But they, they were just condescending and dismissive, um, know-it-all, you know, bullcrap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Sophia seemed to kind of have the last word as far as she was concerned, mm-hmm. and she dropped it. Um, and right. I'll seem to drop it. Um, I did witness it. And, it, you know, of course, it was mostly the men. And, you know, it's horrible, too. It's, there's always, there's, another thing that I think about misogyny as well is how you don't ever really know the kind of men that are willing to or who are the type to get, um, as they like to make fun of uh, uh, social justice people, uh, triggered, right. um, yeah. triggered by, you know, being confronted with their misogyny. You know, it could be the nice, like a nice guy, right? A genuine nice guy who mm-hmm. maybe even if they don't say, well, I'm a nice guy, you know, and even though, you know, once they mm-hmm. say that, but they might not even say that. And all of a sudden, they, they something in them reacts to getting told, like, you, you know, you have these misogynistic uh, beliefs from, you know, society, uh, you know, grooming and, and conditioning. And then all of a sudden they, they react poorly to it. And you never really know where they're going to come from sometimes. So, I mean, so obviously. True, true. I mean, yeah, there there are definitely instances of that. Like um, someone you just, someone that you know and trust and just kind of just says, I mean, sometimes, and, and sometimes this, this just, sometimes like me, I consider like, I, I can say I'm a feminist. I'm trans. I know what it was like to exist in a world in, in a feminine space, in a female space. I know what it was like to, to do that. And sometimes I find myself like, if I see some, and it, but I was always like this though. But if I see some some female, um, you know, post some kind of comment, I'm like, oh my god, she's being so extra. Oh my god, she's being ridiculous. And like sometimes I have that idea, and but I I check myself. You know what I mean? I check myself. I'm like, okay, you know what? No, this is this is ridiculous. Um, but it's kind of interesting. Um. I think about the teenage experience, right? A lot of people come into this craft when you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. And even that harbors its own special blend of misogyny. Mm-hmm. Because when teenage girls start getting into witchcraft magic, it's it's cute, right? It's, ooh, spooky. Oh, you're doing... Oh, it's, it's hokey. It's Sabrina. Yeah, not new Sabrina because new Sabrina is badass. It's um, it's the <laughs> the '90s version of Sabrina. Point and make magic. <laughs> Come up with some silly words and point at it and bark. Yeah, it. you know it's um, 
it's the craft. So people view that. But when young boys start to get into magic, it's, oh, he's interested in the occult. You know, he's he's going to summon demons. You know, he's going to... They always go, like, the darker route. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's yeah. going to do something big. And is your spirit animal a wolf, a bear? You know, it's like... Okay. <laughs> well, interesting. I mean, on a historical level, if if you let me go there, mm. we all know that there was a time where women were not allowed to be educated. There was a mm. very long time in which women were not allowed to be educated. And it now, is still prevalent in some places in the world today. Mm-hmm. That when universities first came about, which is a lot longer than you might think, um, believe it or not, I always joke and say universities were kind of like Hogwarts uh, originally because they were they taught they taught thing, like they taught uh, occultism. Mm-hmm. and uh, occult theology and, and things like that. Um, very esoteric and mysticism and uh, astronomy and alchemy and, and, you know, et cetera. And they combine that with, uh, you know, literature and, and languages and stuff like that. And um, That was the time I probably would have enjoyed being in college. Right? I mean, I, I always say I wish college was still like that. Um, so you also have to remember, you know, a lot of this comes from... Uh, it almost seems like it's been brought, you know, kind of forward, you know, from the past into mm-hmm. our present, you know, because if you really look back, um, a lot of the people that we talk about, even from the past, now there have been, there are many, many women from the foundations of traditional craft and uh, British traditional Wicca. Uh, you know, you have uh, Dream Valiente, who is somewhere between both of the, uh, you know, sort of both. Mm-hmm. Um, through Valiente, you have uh, Sybil Leak, you have um, uh, Mac- Maxine uh, Maxine Saunders, I think. Uh, you have um, Janet Farrar. Um, These are the old school witches from like the the seventies. You're talking about. Yes, and all every mm-hmm. all of you should look them up. Yes, <laughs> know your history. Uh, yeah, uh, but of course the ones you know. The ones that we hear about the most are Charles Leland, um, mm-hmm. Raymond Buckland, Scott Cunningham, even even though he was a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Alex Saunders. Um, mm-hmm. we, we hear about him a lot. Uh, we hear about the men, and the men were usually in leadership positions. See, it's kind of funny. So you have um, shit. Why am I blanking on his name? The guy who's the the grandfather of Wicca. Uh, 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 <laughs> Gerald shit. Gardner. Gerald Gardner. Thank you. Jesus. Uh, so Gerald Gardner, right? So he's he's credited as being the 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 godfather of Wicca or the the creator, because he was, as the myth goes, which is it's kind of interesting about him because he is like a modern day myth in yeah. a way. Yeah, in a way. No, you're totally. Yeah. Right. Um, he was apparently initiated into this coven by his grandmother by his grandmother by his grandmother see that's the thing and and he was initiated yes so he was initiated (laughs) into this craft by her grandmother and her female coven the coven which we have no record of i don't think we have any record that they ever existed so very folk magic kind of thing and then he i guess uh started to find followers in a sense and started to to teach the craft and and whatnot and doreen comes into play uh with gardner like she was kind she was kind of his right hand 
his right hand, right? She knew, bit. uh she did. She got interested, but I, uh, I think Valley- he initiated her. Oh yeah, Dream Valiente. Yes, I'm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking. I, I for some reason I always get Dream Valiente and Civil League a little bit confused. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. don't know why that happened, but it does. Uh, but yeah, so Dream Valiente and Gerald Gardner. If you look up any history of the two of them, they're always talked about in the same stories and the same situations. Now, Doreen, of course, if if you don't know, she is the one who who wrote the the infamous charge of the goddess that is her her writing so um if you do come across that that is her it's not gardner gardner did not write it (laughs) she did um and i think she also she also wrote an entire book as well several books actually yeah she has yeah she has several books she's still alive correct you know what unfortunately i don't I'm not, I, you know what, I don't think I've, I'm not one of those people that look at, like, the death dates and stuff of people, mm-hmm. I just, I'm never really that person. But... I'm just curious, because she's kind of, if that was the case, she is kind of, like, a living legend. I want to look it up right now, Doreen Reliente. I know Maxine Saunders is still with us. Doreen Valiente. Um, is this right? 1999. I don't know if this is her. Oh, she died at 77 in 99. Yeah. yeah. Still though, um, dying in 99 and it's only you know 2018. I mean, she's she's a modern day legend. She's a modern day myth. But anyway, so Gardner. Back to Gardner. So he's initiated into this coven of female witches, right? And then he basically takes their craft, their religion, and, and brings puts it to his the own, public. And brings it to the public and puts his own spin on it, too. Um, well, because I think he, he, he introduced it, like the, the scourging and stuff, right? Didn't he introduce he that? Have. He may have. I don't know. I don't know. I think he, he added some, some things uh, to it. And then Doreen comes into the picture, but she was actually the brains behind a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Well, she was that very their smart. Did. She was incredibly intelligent and an amazing occultist and a very powerful witch. Um, I think you know he got a lot of notoriety in 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 large part because he at the time witchcraft was still illegal in England. Yes, and when he brought it public, um. You know, it it basically paved the way for witchcraft and Wicca to become legalized. And then, of course, over time, come the Summer of Love, it came over here. Mm -hmm. So during the the 70s. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just think it's interesting that um, a lot of the the brains behind the, the Wicca movement and like the history behind it is a lot of women. It is very powerful women, and yet he's the one that is the poster child of it. Well, we always have to, you know, we always have to kind of remind people. I find, you know, of um, of Starhawk and um, Starhawk, another living legend. Starhawk and oh, uh, oh man, 
I don't like to mention her name, but Z Budapest did do a lot. I was going to totally avoid that name. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't like her because she's a turf, but she did have a hand in a lot of the... I think her and Starhawk had our friends or they something, were. right? They were. Yeah. Um, there's also... Uh, other names too that we don't real uh, that aren't as popular, but should uh, Lady Olivia Robertson? Mm-hmm. She was um, she was uh, the Temple of Isis in England, I think they were called, um, or Temple of the Goddess, something like that. Uh, she's really cool. Um, oh, I could see. I feel so bad. There's mm-hmm. another um, another famous. Which I actually, she's still with us to this day, and she's a living legend. And I follow her on Instagram. She does these amazing, like, little videos, like, all in rhyme. And it's adorable. And I love her videos. They just make me so happy. The gray haired lady? Yes. Long gray hair, kind of heavy set. Yeah. Damn, what is her name? I got to look it up because I see her all over. Because she, she was me... one of Starhawk's crew, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. Her and Starhawk are still friends. Well, it's so funny. I open Instagram and Starhawk's Instagram post is the first thing that's on uh-huh. here. That's uh-huh. funny. Oh my god, I can't think of her name. I'm just going to scroll. Serena Fox. Th- Serena Fox. Yes. <laughs> Thank god. <laughs> she's so awesome. Like She's like a poppin' Instagram. Byron Ballard. Byron Ballard. Mm-hmm. She, uh, um, Lori Cabot. Lori Cabot. We can't, go can't ignore her. Um, Even if you want to. What's really interesting, I don't want to... Nothing is set in stone, so this is not an official pagan, Philly, Philly Pagan Pride Day announcement. It's not set in stone. However, there is a very strong chance that we could get Laura Tempest um, Zakroff. Is it Zakroff or Zakroff? I'm not sure how you pronounce think, her last name. I thought, it was Zarkov. I thought it was Zarkov. I'm looking at her book right now. It's Z-A-K-R-O-F-F. Zakroff or Zarkov? Oh. Laura Tempest. Let's just go with Laura, <laughs> Laura Tempest. There is a chance that she could be our keynote. Which I would... No no shade at Chris... Is Chris... At Chris um, Penzek. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Penzek. He was also another possibility that... Um, Eddie was working on, but I think it would be way cooler to have um, to have a woman. You know what I mean? Like Chris, he's he's popular. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, either yeah. one of those though, I will be super stoked. But that's just a personal thing. Oh yeah, but, yeah. I totally for the, yeah, I get, totally feel what you're saying. Um, yeah. that would be really cool. Yeah, uh, just to be Nothing able to. Nothing you're uh, showing that. So it's, I know, it's it would just be cool. Um, <laughs> but seriously. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Um, um, so I think it's kind of like a hard issue to, to tackle because it's not something that's very apparent. Because the problem is you can't call someone out. You can, sorry, let me back up. You can call someone out on their misogyny. However, um, if they refuse to acknowledge that it exists, how do you battle it? How do you, yep, how yep. do you argue with someone? How do you tackle something? How do you fix something that someone doesn't see a problem with? You know what I'm saying? It's right, like, right. it's like if you're staring at a hole in the wall and you're like, hey, let's fix that hole in the wall, and someone's like, I don't see what you're talking about. You know, it's a, it's a big problem. 
how do you fix something that that no one understands that they're actually doing? Um, and so I think that's really the the biggest question on misogyny is how how do we combat it, right? Well, I think really the bigger question is how do we get people to see what it is? How do we get people to see what it is that they're doing? And then when it's just being been ingrained in you as as a I guess a straight passing white man, right? Let's just put it that way. You know, when it's been ingrained in you is that is you start to develop almost like um, a sense of entitlement that everyone around you is just supposed to just listen to you and based and on think your like you and, and act like, like you, you. Mm-hmm. like what you like. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm encountering it now because the more that, um, the more that I pass, the more that I interact with other men that look like me, right. Other white men. And, I think for the most part, people might read me as straight, depending on the situation. Um, But when I talk to these other men and I don't share their viewpoints, that's a problem. Yeah, I'm different. It's it's unusual. It's weird. And it's, well, you know, why this, why that? And I just feel like it's really it's becoming a little bit more difficult for me to to really kind of like hold my place as like um i don't want to say difficult i think it's more important for me to solidify my place as a witch as a male witch in this community because i realized at delmarva pagan pride um so like chris and tara were there right and they were doing their it was a tara's workshop on flying ointment and she was like, oh, yeah, I was, she's like, Jay, like, you're here, and I was like, oh, my God, you remember me, you know who I am, you know, like, oh, you you know, you're Jay with, with Philly Pagan Pride, and I was like, oh, shit, and now, and I'm starting to realize, like, other people are starting to know who I am, and what's really interesting for me is I'm so used to taking on, um, like, a support role in a lot of groups, And even if I'm leading a group, quote unquote, I still do it very group think, group effort kind of way. Even when we ran our coven, I was still very like democratically, I think democratic. Yeah, Um, because I don't like I like to direct, but I don't like to rule with an iron fist. So what's interesting is like people in the Philly Pagan Pride group are looking to me for direction and I'm realizing I'm like oh my god everything that I do can be done everything that I say can be done and that's a it's a weird sense and I'm respectful of that position I'm respectful of the position that I'm in I'm not like oh well everyone's just going to do everything for me you know because I'm the president and everyone has to do everything else you know it's I don't know. It's it's a weird position to be in because I've never been in a um a true position of like authority and respect. I guess you could say this is the first time I'm in that, and people are starting to, people outside of that group are starting to realize who I am and also treat me with that same amount of authority and respect. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to. And I know me, it won't go to my head. 
but I just don't want other people to think like, oh, here we go, another white guy, you know, just fucking leading yeah. another magic group, you know what I mean? I don't want it to be like that. I want mm-hmm. people to understand, like, I'm a witch, I'm a trans man, like, don't don't come at me. I know exactly, we're all in the same boat here, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I get it. I mean, I get it. I understand. I mean, I understand it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there. I. It's funny because I've I've never had. It's kind of a weird. I guess there's really just no absolutes because it's one of those situations where, my femininity and my queerness have always been very obvious to other people. Right. And I can't say that I've gotten anywhere because I was a man. Mm-hmm. I've gotten further because I'm a nice person, mm-hmm. but that is also not given me. Like at the same time, it's it depends on who the other person. Times. Yeah, uh-huh. because they like the like there are sometimes you have like uh, predominantly women who are kind of like, oh, you're such a sweetheart, you know, blah blah blah, and they and they kind of gush over me. Mm-hmm. And then you know there are these kind of you know on the other side you have like these kind of um, men who get it uh, somehow intimidated or they feel uh confronted by my femininity without me even trying to make them feel weird probably because they refuse me into a space or into a situation true but i think part of that is they are jealous and threatened by your ability to communicate with women on a level that they can't i've thought that as well because i've had many um of of straight men who are who are actually very polite who kind of, uh, and I remember this is in high school, obviously. Um, you'll tell because they've always, they would be like, can you talk to this girl for me? <laughs> like, you know, and I'd be like, you know, and of course at the time I was, I was, a, I was a yes man. So, you know, sure, I'll do it, you know. Right. Um, and I mean, I, I never like talked them up. I always like, I would tell the guys like, I'm not going to like bullshit them. You know, like I'm going to say, look, he feels this way. He's scared. I said, you know, and, and of course me being, you know, emotionally intelligent, I was always kind of like, we're young and he's scared and, you know, blah, blah, blah. He can't hold into the same standards as like an adult, you know, man, you know, his brain. Mm-hmm. Was, and I would, I would go that route and I would just try to say, you know, like, look, he likes you, you mm-hmm. know, if you want to talk to him, do, if you don't, it ain't no biggie. And I would leave right. it at that, you know? Um, and of course some of the guys were like, why would you say that? And I was like, well, it's true <laughs> because it's true you know if, if, she, if she doesn't want to talk to you then she doesn't have to and if she's not right she's and not i would say that to, and yeah. i would say that to them you know the women i would say that to i mean i would say it to him too but after the fact you know what i mean so i just find it interesting because um like all the men at work they're just very i can't click i can't connect i can't i don't understand i just they're they're almost too simple for me i can't see <laughs> i can't I see <laughs> i can't I see the complexity that. of their of their character i'm sure they have personalities i'm i'm oh, sure they course. do there's a lot of layers to get through oh, and so most of the people that i connect with at work are all the women and all the women love me in turn they're like oh you're so great you listen to me and i'm like yeah because i know how to be a nice person right. and I'm Without sure expectation. Exactly. And I'm sure like like I was actually me and my coworker were out there's like a little yard outside. 
And we were like, you know what? Let's go have lunch outside today. Let's just get out of this office for like 20 minutes and we'll go eat outside. So that's what we did. And I was like, you know, I bet there's like people in this office like, oh, why is Jay chatting you up? Like, you know, was he trying to like yeah. do whatever? I'm like, I'm sure there are gossipy people because I'm so close with the women. They probably think I'm like some fucking player. You know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. I just have way better conversations with women than I ever would with any of you guys in here. I couldn't imagine it. I just, I really couldn't imagine it. Like with the guys, it's just like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hey, what's up? And it, that's it. It just, it doesn't go any further. For, and now, I, I, now, obviously I'm not talking about all straight men. I have like, I, I have many of straight cis male friends who have wives or girlfriends. And I want to tell you something. They're some of the most, they've protected me throughout my coming out process mm-hmm. the whole way. Um, and they would never have betrayed me for any, like for that reason ever. Mm-hmm. Um, they were always very comfortable in themselves. And, and the thing is, is that with the, uh, all of those men are very, what would be, uh, what, you know, other men, uh, very uneducated, undereducated men would call like, beta male or something stupid to that effect mm. um because a lot of my my straight male friends they're they're nerdy they're um uh, highly intelligent like you know like uh, like my one friend he's he's a bit of a savant mm-hmm. um he's just ridiculously smart mm-hmm. um but that's not seen as an alpha male right because he's, he's not he's not macho he doesn't he doesn't like sports He'd rather read a book than, you know, he doesn't watch, watch football or, and yeah. he doesn't do any of that. Um, so he would, he does what everyone thinks a gay man would do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like his interests seem passive or they seem feminine like mine do, you know, which also irks me because I'm kind of like, no offense, others, you know, uned- undereducated straight men, but like the, the gay sport is rugby. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> it's the most brutal I, I, sport out. One of the most brutal sports out there. And I was like, if like I've watched videos, like I mean, and, and I've almost puked. Like it's like gay gay rugby players. They're mm-hmm. like they'll they'll get tackled and like their arms like the other way, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, "Tis but a flesh wound," you know. And they're like <laughs> laughing with their. I'm like, yeah, they're warriors, man. <laughs> and they're gay men, you know. Like I just watched um a, a preview for the gay rodeo. Mm. The one guy, he's all bleeding and like, you know, like the, like his arms all whatever, you know, and like he was like, like he just, you know, and I was like, I don't know. I guess. You know what I was thinking? I think the problem is. What? I think the problem with misogyny is that the men, the men that don't subscribe to the alpha male archetype, right, aren't vocal enough to the men that are the problem. Mm. See, it's funny because I would, I, I've, I've been, I've, unf- I, you know me, I'm like, I'm on a lot of different groups. Oh and yeah, you I've seen, I've seen a lot of men attack other men for things. And those, the men that they view as um, lesser than themselves have attacked back. The problem is, is that once again, misogyny as as we have been saying is about dominance and the thing is is that um all of a sudden those men start coming out with the the, the harmful phrases like beta male um they come out with a fag 
and mm-hmm. you know they used like sissy or mm-hmm. um even queer uh mm-hmm. which sorry that don't hurt me um yeah, that one bounces right off uh fag can hurt more depending fag can hurt more because i think it, it comes from a place of uh aggression and yeah, violence but that one doesn't always hit me as hard as it does in other times mm-hmm. like i've been called it and i've laughed and then i've been called it and i want to rip someone's face off like it really depends on my it depends on the delivery the person who's saying it yeah yeah um but i mean other otherwise I don't know. I mean, I've seen them fight back, but they're not listened to. Right, because the problem is, is they're viewed on the on the same level as women. But you know what's interesting? Because you were saying about your friend who like prefers like reading and stuff like that to working out or sports. So a lot of these armchair fucking magicians, right? These armchair sorcerers, they're also not the most macho people, generally. Generally. Generally, they're very bookish, you know. They could be considered like somewhere in that like nerd kind of category. Yeah. Uh, they... um, Good. It's funny because uh, there are many of them. Uh, if if you really like, if you look into like the ceremonial systems of magic, like uh, mm-hmm. Christian magic, Solomonic magic. Like the people that, or even uh, even a lot, not all. I'm not coming at the Luciferian community at all, but a lot of Luciferian men, uh, they kind of have a, they have a swagger that's, uh, a bit toxic, but a bit different from, like even my friend, uh, my friend Richie, the the person I'm talking about, he I don't he won't it doesn't matter he won't care. He practices predominantly uh, ceremonial uh, magic, predominantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so even he kind of breaks this mold. He he doesn't uh, like many male ceremonial magicians. Like one thing I found out about many uh, straight cis ceremonial magicians, they have this uh, this tactic that they use. Um, they use their clothing as a uh, not just as a power of stasis. You'll notice. So many ceremonial magicians, yeah. not all, but many, uh, they will they they dress to the nines frequently. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it's actually more than just an act of of um, I own my space. It actually is for them. It becomes an act of attraction magic, not just to attract a partner or a sexual partner. Um, it also is just to attract the opportunities that they want. So they kind mm-hmm. of they kind of use that phrase, you know, dress for the job you want, and they make it like a ritual. So their mm. dress becomes like an active ceremony. Um, their garb, their everyday garb becomes an active ceremony. Um, you'll notice that these men tend to be much better groomed than myself. Um, they tend to be, you know, make sure that they look particularly handsome. Mm-hmm. And it's because they use these kind of uh, psycho-spirituals, almost hypnosis. Uh, they use these kind of uh, um, psycho-spiritual uh, ceremonies to bolster themselves and the perception that people view them. Do you think they could be bolstered to, I mean, but I think uh, some of them just take it to the next level. Well, that's what I'm I think to they get, get bolstered into overconfidence. And then when you're overconfident, yes. then you end up talking down to everyone around you. And that's exactly what I was trying to get at. I don't know, uh, you know, and before, I mean, and I still think it's fascinating, obviously, as I was talking about it, you could probably tell, 
but that isn't to say that I don't think it's not a gateway to toxicity. Um, and yeah. to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think when, when left unchecked, if you refuse to acknowledge, uh, you know, your crap, <laughs> if you refuse to acknowledge your shit, um, there's nothing, no one could tell you anything about it. Uh, we can't, it's too hard to confront someone's worldview. And the, the, the yeah. problem is, is that believe it or not, misogyny is a worldview. Um, it is a way that mm-hmm. you perceive the society around you. And it is some, it's a system of power that you've just born into and poof, look at all the power I have. And you, you know, you cannot, to confront that means that they, the per they, they themselves have to confront back, like reflect back upon themselves and to look at yourself like that in, in a metaphoric mirror is too hard for most people. Confronting anyone's worldview will be met with confrontation back at you for confronting them. And that's, that's, that's science. That's not even me trying to come at anybody. That's just me telling you what science says. Well, yeah, I mean, because my, you know, my, my worldview is that I think everyone should respect each other, right? Well, you know, right. if, if someone came at me and was like, no, no one has to respect you. No one has to you know, treat you nice. And I'd be like, well, I completely will fight to the death to disagree with you on that, you know, cause that's my worldview. Um, unfortunately I hate by saying that it's like by saying misogyny is a worldview. It's almost like, I don't want anyone to interpret that as like, we're giving them agency to, it's almost like, um, when it's people, not, it, but the thing people is, protest, right. When people protest and they're throwing out hate speech, just, yeah, okay, freedom of speech. This is what everyone goes back to. Yes, you have freedom of speech, but also there's repercussions to the shit right. that you say. The th- right, and the thing is, is that nothing that I, like, you know, when I talk about the psychology like that, when I go into the psychology and the sociology of things, it is not to give agency, it is not to give permission. It is to tell you this is how it is. To explain human behavior. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's not about whether it's right or wrong when I'm talking about it in that way. It's just to tell you now, it, is it wrong? Absolutely. Because it hurts people. Yes. See what I'm saying? So when, 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 th- see that's at the base of psychology at its very foundation, people, when, when it's time for psychology to interfere in something is when it starts to lower the quality of life. So when, when people or persons are dealing with something, whether on a, on a sociological scale or sing, on just a personal one, if, they're, if their general life is being affected poorly by it, that's when there's a problem. Mm-hmm. So it is a problem. You know, like it, it, they're not shielded by the fact that science has studied the, um, the intricacies of misogyny and bigotry. It's just the fact that, OK, now that we know this, where do we go from here? Yeah, How to and correct an incorrect, you know, uh, thinking in a, yeah. in a large number of people. Right, because it's hurting people and it's oppressing people, and it's not it's not helping anyone further themselves. I've never heard of a situation. Well, other than men, I've never heard of a situation in which misogyny helps everyone, in, in which it helps society as a whole. Um, it just keeps it just keeps a very large and very important group of people oppressed, and the other the the thing that I find most interesting is a lot of these people tend to people that are very strong, very open, I guess you could say. I don't think anyone would ever just say straight up I'm a misogynist because that's just not what people really say. Yeah. But people who are 
usually they're more like conservative, maybe along the lines of, um, you know, uh, I don't care about gay people. I don't care about trans people, blah, blah, blah. Um, these are the people that are very vocal. They're very vocal about the things that they feel. Um, like the weirdest thing happened earlier. I was on Twitter and I follow a lot of um, like furry uh, writers. And this one guy, it's just weird because I think he's gay. He's a mm-hmm. white guy. I think he's gay. And he writes primarily like erotica, right? And so I saw he posted on his Twitter like, oh, changed up my profile. Unfollow if you want. And I was like, all right, well, now I have to see, you know, what you what you wrote. And he wrote in his like, you know, Twitter like has this little like, oh, so and so YouTuber, writer, whatever. This little blurb you can write about yourself. He wrote something, 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 bullshit, whatever. And then he wrote real man. And I was like, I need to stop you there. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, what do you... What are you trying to say? What are you, have, uh, you know, and coming, what are you trying you know, to compensate for? What do you, why, why do you feel the need to write that on there? Like, are you, you just love drawing a line in the sand like that? Or do you get off on that? Like, does that make you feel good about yourself? And then it just brings me back to like the, the straight pride people, which is a hundred percent rooted in misogyny. Most definitely. Um, it's not even just homophobia. It's just, rooted in misogyny well homophobia is, is rooted in misogyny yeah it's, it's parent know. parent um parent brand of bullshit um i can't i mean i guess in a way i could imagine like like with this world being very like oh everything's um it's okay to be gay it's okay to be queer it's okay to be trans it's okay to be all these things and I guess for someone to have an opposing viewpoint and to, to see to hearing more voices say it's okay to be blah, but when you're not blah or, you know, they're like, oh, well, there's nothing special about being gay. There's nothing special about being trans. What is that quote about um, equality feels like oppression if you've never if you've never been oppressed? Something like that, I think. I think that's how it goes. But what's interesting is Rick, he's a, he was in another, like, when it was, like, furry group chats or whatever. And the thing about the furry community, I kind of equate them to the queer community because most of them are queer. Most of them are, it's actually, like, predominantly gay men. Um, so most of them are queer. So any furry chat is, to me, a, a queer chat situation. So um, there was a trans person that shared a tweet from some other trans person or something saying you're not special if you're trans there's nothing to be you can't don't celebrate being gay because it doesn't fucking mean anything like you're just a person you know i don't celebrate being a human so so if you deconstruct it okay great yeah there really is nothing quote-unquote special about being gay there's nothing that's not what we're celebrating (laughs) right that's not what we're celebrating the problem is, is that when you're oppressed and you encounter hardships for being that thing, then, yeah, you are special. Right. Because no one's treating it as the norm. Right. You know, like, uh, like I, I keep, unfortunately, and I'm not trying to bring down the mood at all, but, like, you know, I, I unfortunately, you know, I've been keeping an unhealthy track of how many 
of the increasing LGBTQ attacks that are happening, not just here in the States, but around the world. And uh, we just had um, another gay couple severely beaten um, uh, three hours away in Washington, D.C., no less. Um, you know, and it, it, it like, I don't know. It broke me a little. I'm getting past the point of, um, like, sometimes I would, I would read those articles and I'd be like, oh, man, that sucks. And I would kind of move on. And then I would, as I got older, I would be like, man, that really is a terrible thing. You know, and I would, I would, I would think about it more, and then I move on. And then we get to the point where I would get like really upset, and I'm like, that's just horrible. Like I can't imagine that happening to me or someone I know. And now I've kind of just. Do moved you get angry? The, yeah. Now I moved to anger. Now yeah, I moved to the part where I'm very, I'm very ragey. Normally I yep. don't really care about politics. I don't care about. Um. I don't know, I guess just, like, like inserting my my magic and my will into that sphere mm-hmm. of society. But now I'm just angry. I'm angry, I'm just, too. I'm just I, angry. And I know I say this with a very, like, low voice. I'm tired. I worked all day. But I'm angry. I'm pissed off. And it's just... It's just such. It shouldn't be a regular occurrence. It shouldn't. We shouldn't see increasing attacks. We shouldn't see increasing um, negativity regarding these communities. We shouldn't see that. And I'm incredibly angry. And I just feel. And then with all of these abortion things that are coming out, it's it's a hundred percent designed anti women. Mm-hmm. It's not pro birth. It's not pro life. It's just anti women. Yeah. You're right. And I can't imagine why. What do they gain? I don't power, know. Power, control. I, power and control, yeah, but at the expense of what? Like, they I don't go. know. They I don't just, know they what just... they gain by, like, forcing women to have these babies that no one can afford. Look at the power that I have. It's It's just about, if you ask me, it's just to say that look at what I can do. Look at, look at me, look at me, look at me. They want to be, they want to be noticed for some reason. They, you know, these straight cis men want, they want to be able to control everything that isn't them. And they, they should be able, you know, like they, (laughs) It's funny because I learned something recently. I started watching The Handmaid's Tale again. Oh my god, I'm up to, I'm caught up, and it's a, it's a terrible place to be. Uh, I, I watched I mean, that. I, I when I first started watching that show, I had to stop. I watched the first episode, too. and I was like, I watched the first season, and I stopped. <laughs> yeah, I watched the first. I think like one or two episodes, and I was like, I need to like really sit here and think about if I really want to continue watching this show. Like, I really need to think about it, and I had to like talk to myself and be like, okay, look. It's just a show. However, it deals with a lot of real things that could possibly happen. Uh, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something to you that I learned last night from the author of the original book. Yeah, and she's Margo, writing Margo, sequel, by the way. Is she? Mar- oh, is she? I, I'm not yeah. surprised. Margot Atwood. Um, she uh, and the directors for the show, they yes. both uh, collaborated. Everything that happened in both the book and the show has happened in real life at some point in history, somewhere mm-hmm. around the world. 
So nothing that happens in that show is fiction. Like it, it's all actually happened. Well, like the whole like women being like it, birth it, machines and it's all historically actually happened somewhere in the world at some point in history. Yeah, because the whole system of like the whole idea of the handmaids and the ceremony and all this kind of shit. Like, oh, that whole, right? Yeah, that whole idea of that, it seems very ancient, not ancient, maybe like it seems very medieval. It feels very medieval. I mean, she didn't say like, you know, she didn't like break it down. No one broke it yeah. down. But basically, but it feels like an old tradition that might have happened. Like someone was like, well, this is a great idea. You know, it seems like someone back then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It blew it's, my it mind to like know that. that all of that at different points in time were something that actually occurred. Maybe that's why the show is so disturbing. I think that that's why. I think because there's something so. And I, and I hate to use this word because it's not going to be used in the way that we normally use this word. But there's something so human about the violence. Yes. As in to say something that like we know what we're capable of mm-hmm. as far as our great destructive power. Mm-hmm. And all the harm that we have caused and continue to cause. And you look at that and you see it embodied, you know, in screen. And, you know, I, I, I it's, it, it, it's interesting because as we say here, you know, it, it really almost starts to look as if like, you know, one of the, almost the greatest devil of them all is this misogyny you know what i'm saying like honestly because it, it seems like that everything is rooted in that like we were saying like homophobia is rooted in misogyny it's rooted in this idea that women are lesser and i can't understand why or how because when i was in college i took a, a, a gender studies class granted i went to a catholic university and this was the only gender studies class that was available in this university and i took it and the teacher was actually very liberal, very progressive. So I was very grateful for that, that I, that I didn't get it through a, a Catholic lens, um, which was surprising, too. I thought I was going to get this very, like, watered-down version of equality. Yeah. Um, but so one of our first topics, like, one of the first day was, okay, of course, we all know it. Why? And it was taught by a woman, a black woman, actually. And so she was like, why do you think that women are viewed as the weaker sex? And that was just like the first question, but that was pretty much the basis of the whole class, if you really think about it, you know, and everyone was coming up with all these different answers. Well, women are usually smaller than men. Women are usually uh, women are usually just generally weaker, you know, in strength than men. Um, because of hunter-gatherers. Women were the gatherers, and men were the hunters, and so gathering was viewed as weaker, um, as lesser. And really, like, no one came up with a good answer. Well, None of the answers were good. No. Well, they won't be, uh, especially not the one about women are biologically weaker or a little bit weaker. There's actually no actual real biological evidence. Um, there are differences. However... Uh, women are considerably faster at running, and they are more uh, a- uh, acrobatic, uh, more capable of, of um, like flips and jumps and mm. uh, acrobatic exercise than men. Men are better maybe at, um, and, and also they're better at uh, like um, overpowering martial arts, like not martial arts that are about size, but 
martial arts that are about speed and hitting more. Speed and, like, center position. of gravity. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, so, realistically, it's not about one stronger than the other or one faster than the other. Because if you really wanted to play that, we can go on forever. Just yeah. because, you know, there are women uh, sh- uh, bodybuilding competitions. And those women are, like, moving the, the same kind of cars that men are. <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, saying? some of these women can come out there and pick you up and throw them over their shoulder, you know what I mean? Throw them mm-hmm. over their shoulder and run around like it's nobody's business, you know? So, I mean, obviously those things are obviously wrong, you know what I mean? On an obvious yeah. level. Um, but also there's on a scientific no logic. Level. Right, there's not. And, I, and there's no basis for it either. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there once was, because unfortunately a lot of science back in the old days was also very racist, homophobic, and anti-woman. Um, yeah. But... Uh, and I feel like women have just generally higher pain tolerance too. Like a pain that is pain. that is accurate. Uh, a lot of um, women do have a higher pain tolerance. Um, interestingly, we interestingly uh, un, interestingly enough, we also find that um, trans women will also have the same um, markers for that same yeah as cisgendered women. Because it's psychological. It's it's um yeah the pain the way your brain's brain, wired. And uh, the way the brain also looks. Uh, we do know now that the brain of, of trans people predominantly more, looks yeah. more like the, the the gender that which they are telling, you know, which they know they are, not the one that they were assigned. Yeah, you know assigned. what I mean. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, this this whole this whole debacle is, it, it's not scientific. Um I was just, there's this book that I really want to get that's just, I just posted the article on my Facebook. It's called uh, The Darkening Age, How mm-hmm. Christianity Destroyed the Ancient World. Whoa. Um, and it sounds harsh, but yeah. the thing is, is that... It, it did. did, from a historical context. I'm not even talking about religion. I'm not even talking about... No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not even talking about, about just the, the, the Christian, I guess, movement, you know, mm-hmm. of the convert or die kind of yeah. Yeah. thing i mean um, and, and the, the 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 way that they enforce their their very uh old the uh, their rather at the time new theology right and then also the absorption of pagan customs and then kind of like giving it a, a christian flavor right you know um so really it's just a lot of um you just erased and absorbed a lot of cultures and a lot of history yeah, I mean, it's funny because I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, ancient pagans were, you know, classy or, or bougie in any way. Like, no, they were no. barbaric and they, they've, you know, we know for a fact, and I know like a lot of modern druids don't like to admit to this, but we all gotta. Um, if a tradcrafter can admit that witches were over here splitting toads with an axe and uh, dipping live animals and boiling oil to get bones and shit. You can admit to this. There is a Druidic ritual in which um, you, uh, the Druids believe they can turn the Roman uh, gods against their people mm-hmm. by uh, sacrificing a village of people. Oh, yeah. Human sacrifice was totally a thing. You know, but the, the, the particular ritual was to kill a whole village, and it would, uh, it would in turn, through, through a series of rituals and practices, would turn the Roman gods against the Roman people. So the gods would look unfavorably and, and smite their own people. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I am trying, I think, I think what is implied, and I and I, I can see this on a theological standpoint. I think that pagan people were even then more willing to evolve 
mm. with time than I think Christians were. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, even paganism looked different than what it looks like today. Oh, God, yeah. It was way I different. mean, like, that's why I try to preach, even on here, I talk about animism first. Mm-hmm. You know, but way before my polytheism, I'm like, animism first. You know, mm-hmm. like, the things that are here with you in the landscape, in the hills, and in the trees, and in the natural bodies of water, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that, and, you know, each each hill and mountain had a god, you know, named to it, or a goddess, you know, the Kalak, Kalak, uh, the Kalix, um, uh, bear, Kalix bear, um, mm-hmm. which is a mountain. Uh, and there are many other deities uh, with wells, or well, uh, well, uh, uh, Breed or Bridget uh, wells and things like that. So it's all about. It was about the landscape. It was about where you are. You know, uh, not to quote uh, unintentionally anyway, uh, Chris and Tara's book. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, and that, that was what paganism was, was founded on. And, and the thing is, is that people like to say that animism is like, um, is like, uh, monotheism or, uh, he- uh, heliantheism, which is the belief that there is, that the Christian God, although there are many gods, but the Christian God was above them all. That's called heliantheism. Mm. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Um, and then there were other theism, but believe it or not, animism is not a, a theistic idea about the nature of God or gods. Animism is a, a no. world, it was, it's a worldview. It's a way that we look at the world because mm-hmm. you interact, you interact with animism, um, in a way that you don't interact per se with, uh, with deity because it's kind of about, well, let me leave that space alone. Let me, um, let me, you know, in, in Shintoism, uh, you know, they they set the uh, the sacred rope with the rice paper mm-hmm. that looks like little thunderbolts. Uh, I forget the Japanese names, unfortunately, but even that is a marker to to uh, show it's an othered place or an othered object. The interesting thing with animism is um, sex and gender have no place in there. They, they it's get, yeah, it's, it's wild. really That's why. Yeah, like it just—it doesn't matter. Like it's just the the spirit of this thing, the spirit of this place, the spirit of this, whatever this is. And it's funny because I think I mean at times they would use gender, but it wasn't it wasn't important. Um, it wasn't what it didn't affect the power of that thing assigning it a gender. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't really mean anything, really. I mean, which I mean, and of course, which is funny for someone like me who has issues understanding gender. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm realizing that more and more, not even less and less, like, mm-hmm. like since, since I've talked about, you know, uh, non-binary and agender stuff, I'm like realizing more and more that I think it's more, not necessarily non-binary, but more agender, mm-hmm. um, because I don't get it. I still don't get it. But of course I also understand that that's not everyone's situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but so even that for me. I think I that's why I've always loved these anthropomorphized gods, you know, like um uh even the horned god of witches, you know, the the the, the, the witch, you know, the, 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 the witch the, king and the witch yeah. queen. I love that idea, you know, uh the you know, one of my favorite prayers to the witch king is uh um a divine androgyne they call mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I, know I, I say like that, that a lot. lot. But I've always enjoyed that. Um because just because you, you call him the divine androgyne and somehow it completely cancels out gender altogether for me, mm-hmm. at least in my mind. Um, and I just see him as this, 
this, you know, goat like anapromorphized being, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I think I under I, I almost like seem to identify with that better. <laughs> but uh I don't know. I, I like I said anyway, to get back to it, I think ancient pagans would have been more able to evolve. And when I say ancient pagans, I also do want to say that I mean ancient traditional religions from all over the world would have been much easy much easier they would have been much more open to the idea of evolution or evolving as a people uh, societally than mm-hmm. i think the christians have ever been the christians are afraid to do like they, i don't like we never had scripture we don't have um even though our gods have had many stories in which they come to earth in one form or another many times uh male deities coming as uh females uh many times females coming as animals or male deities coming as animals or even beings that are not gendered um uh, i don't know i just think you know without the lack of scripture without the lack of of oh, at least now hierarchy um ancient pagans did have hierarchies but um like priestly orders and stuff but um i do i still think that we would have been able to advance that book is something that i want to read but i i really do think too to get back into this too, I do believe that in a lot of ways, uh, the Christian takeover, um, when when all of that happened, you know, with the Saxon hordes in Europe and 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 you know the uprising of the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. um, that really did something because when you look at stories pre-conversion uh, uh, around Europe and other parts of the world, there, there was like, less division between man and woman. Also, there was more recognition of women, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on a divine level. We had Inanna, you know, who was said to be, you know, one of the older form, um, a Mesopotamian, uh, Canaan goddess. Well, I mean, look at the messages of the of the Christian Bible. You know what I mean? Um, women are often they're painted in a in a not as bright of a light as yeah the male i think i always said I, i'll just say characters because they're just they're they are stories but um as the male characters yeah um in that book you know mary was the the mother of jesus and yet i mean yeah she's a figure but you know what i mean it's just like i just she doesn't get enough credit she doesn't well get i mean it's, it's funny know? right because i've always Eve's the one who ate the apple you know like right. she's the bad one you know it's just yeah uh, yeah i you know even a, even with like like with the Blessed Mother, who I actually believe it or not still work with in my practice, um, but she, you know, known as the Queen of Heaven mm-hmm. uh, in the Catholic faith, and um, yet still, when you say that, like, well, that's not what that means, and I'm like, right, well, what does it mean if, if she's not like the female like goddess, right? Like, right, exactly, like she's vice president of heaven i don't know (laughs) actually yes that's pretty much exactly what it's like she's not exactly that like just because she's the queen she's suddenly still less than right i don't know it's it's incredibly frustrating but i do think you might be onto something especially in in the case of modern society in a historical context in with these magic groups but what's interesting is is if in these magic groups if we're going to get so esoteric and and really dig into the roots of where all this magic comes from. I don't even know why why people are worrying about women versus men, and you know what I mean. Like, oh, well, you're just a woman, so blah blah blah. You know, I don't even know why that is even a topic of conversation in a lot of these in a lot of these magic groups. I I really I have no idea. 
it's it's because a lot of people spend way too much time reading about magic instead of doing magic. And while don't get me wrong, I have this that curse too, but I have other reasons for doing that. Um, I not that they're there. I would venture to say I of all the um, armchair sorcerers mm-hmm. that I've met, and what I mean by that is, in case anyone's not familiar with the term, is that I read about magic and I know a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff, but I don't actually do magic. I just sit in my chair and <laughs> read about it. Um, I have never met a female armchair sorcerer. I haven't either. So. I haven't either. I really haven't. Just um, uh, let that sink in, you know? <laughs> it's very true. I, I think that, yeah, that, oh my God. Every armchair magician I've ever met is a man. You know, it's funny. Sophia's. Sophia might be mad at me for this, but it's fine. When I first met Sophia, and I first started talking to Sophia, and Sophia was like, oh, chaos magic, and there's, you know, like all the stuff that she's into. I had a hunch for a minute that she might be one of, like, I, I was like, this might be my first <laughs> female armchair sorcerer that I've ever met. And then we started talking more, and she proved me wrong. So I was very, very, very happy about that. Um... And I don't, I don't know if she thought the same of me. I have no idea. But um, yes. Yeah, so thank you, Sophia, for for proving me wrong that um, female armchair sorcerers don't exist. So <laughs> they're, they're just, they just don't exist. And there's to me, there is no worse kind of sorcerer than the armchair kind, the ones that don't do the work. Yeah. yeah. There's there's no worse type to me. Um, you immediately lose my respect. I just, I don't want to associate with you. I would rather talk to someone who summons demons on the regs, you know, just for funsies, than to someone who just is like, well, I read about it. Well, th- according to this theory, I just, I can't, can't relate. Can't relate see, at all. You know, you see how I said, like, they, they want that you, they want your papers, right? They want right. you to tell them, they want you to prove. Like, in the I wrote a book like, and I did right. this and these I. These are my, summoned. my 20 initiations, mm-hmm. but. Here's, you know, here's the thing. I want to know, I want to see you do, like, I want to see you do the work. Like, uh, a, a friend of mine who was also an ex of mine, um, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but... Uh, I wonder if you challenged these people. Like, okay, show me. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't, because it's just not who I am, but he, like, for instance, like, one time he was like, I really want to try this thing. I've never did a, a ritual in this way. He was mm-hmm. Luciferian, so his magic was a little bit different than a stereotypical ceremonial summoning. It was a little bit different, mm-hmm. but he, you know, he wanted to do the whole like chalk circle on the ground with the, the mm-hmm. seal, you know, the seal and stuff. And I was like, cool. I've never done this either. So like, let's go. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you he, the atmosphere, he did his thing and he started doing it and boom, you knew it was mm-hmm. like something like coming up. And I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what I'm talking See, that gets my respect. I mean, I right, when you I actually do what you right. say that you can do. Now, I don't care that, I, like, even if I didn't feel anything, that's not what got my respect. I mean, it helped. I mean, because just like, yeah. holy shit, wow. But the thing is, I want to see you doing the work. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, there are many times magic is a personal experience. Anyway, even when you're working with people, you know, there are many times where people, even when we were in a coven, we would experience uh, distinctly different things, uh, distinctly mm-hmm. different things. But we were all doing the same ritual with the same intention. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 
I don't really care so much if I did did or didn't feel it, but to see him take control of that ceremony and and know what to do and know what to say and when to do this and when to do that, that was impressive. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I don't need to know your papers. I don't need to know your initiations, especially because I happen to know, by the way, uh, many people that have countless number of initiations, they what they do is they initiation hop. So they just make acquaintances, make friends, get initiated. Get initiated and bounce. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's, it's all a crock of shit. Like they hardly spend any time, like they'll learn about it. You know, like they, like, yeah, it's, it's a crock of shit nine times out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, most people with real initiations will have like three, maybe. Sometimes three is a good number. It. Three is usually always three or four. Yeah. Sometimes um, five on the high end, but any more than five is a bit like, okay, I it see. It starts to make me, you know, squint, you know? Yeah. You're like, hmm. But generally speaking, it's like two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, most people, even like the big authors, they have about like two or three initiations. Which they um, keep up with. Huh? Which they generally keep up with. Yeah, oh, they, yeah, they, they yeah. do. They actively participate in all of the traditions in which they're initiated in. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, and that's that. All of that was unfortunately all. <laughs> I think we went a lot with the magic. Um, well, as- I mean, we we did talk about the queer community um, because we were talking about it earlier, and a lot of times the the two communities do overlap, which is kind of the whole point of what we're talking about. That's true. Because we do. were talking about like how a lot of gay male witches are the forefront of our community. Um, I think what it really comes down to in the queer community is that it's it's kind of the same it's the same issue is that you know you're I don't know you're viewed as lesser if you're I, feminine. I have a particular um oh that's true too especially mm-hmm. amongst cis gay men. Mhm. Or well men who sleep with men. Mhm. Um I also do want to also say this there is also an issue that's not talked about as much anymore, but it's still very prevalent, is gay men hating on women. Mm. Uh, it's like this, like a, like a, like a, um, you know how like they talk about envy, like a boob envy, or uh, there's a strange, like, woman envy amongst gay men. Which just translates into misogyny. Mm-hmm. Into treating oh, well, I, women as lesser, pers- even though they pers- envy them. I think it's the same. I mean, well, I also think misogyny. Anyway. Um, well, I know, yeah, technically. I, I always just kind of viewed misogyny. Like, I know technically the, the definition of misogyny, but, like, the, the idea of misogyny is putting women down. Like, right. to put, the, put them down. Um, but what's interesting is how you can put someone down while also being envious of them. That happens all the time. I look just at in, Look at internalized homophobia. Yeah, and, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, you know, growing up, I had a lot of um, internalized transphobia. I had a lot of uh, internalized homophobia, and in and, and the in in the guise of fear, I was afraid of being gay. For me, I was like, um, especially as younger, like people were like, "Why don't you just be a guy?" And I was like, "How dare you? Like, how dare you suggest that I would do that?" Yeah, you know, it was like, uh, it was like, that's that's gross. It's disgusting. Like, no, it's unnatural. You know, like all the same arguments that that people use and actually mean. Um. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. You know, and like, uh, I actually have, I still have a friend who 
every once in a while still has his uh, woman envy. Um, mm-hmm. He was much worse when we were younger. Oh, my God. Really? Oh, my God. I would be like... And even then, I, I've never had, like, a woman everything. Like, mm-hmm. I've never downplayed a woman for any reason. I've actually was raised by very powerful women my whole life. So I've always admired women more mm-hmm. so than men because I always saw them as stronger, just more resilient mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it, overall. But for my friend, he uh, he would, like, say some pretty, like, like damn, you know? Yeah. Um. Thankfully, he cooled down as he's getting older, but cooled way down. Uh, he hasn't said anything in a very long time, but, you know, I've heard it slip, like, maybe about a year and a half ago, two years ago. You know what I mean? Oh, yikes. That's yeah. never good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that is a thing that still happens, especially among very feminine gay men. Mm-hmm. Um, very feminine uh, gay men. They They do that more so than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree there. They they tend to be um, one of the more problematic. Um, those and I find that in the in the lesbian community, a lot of them are not fans of uh, trans people either. In the sense of trans women, they feel threatened by trans women, and they are also uh, repulsed by trans men. So. I'm not saying all lesbians. This is not a blanket statement for anyone. I'm just saying no, um, in the lesbian that. community, when you when you encounter those type of people, it's usually um, feeling threatened by trans women being like, oh, well, that that trans woman is actually just a man and they just want to look at women. You know, they just want to be in a in a they're they're only saying they're a lesbian. They're only being in a lesbian space so they can have access to women. But I'm like, but not in a predatory way they're in a lesbian space because they are a woman and they want to be around other women right you know shocker right right um but trans men are kind of i think one of the more i think for me it's a little bit more difficult for me to figure out which group that i associate with um because i think the group that i'm most comfortable with is usually just queer men I'm not really ever comfortable with um, straight men, and I'm starting to become increasingly uncomfortable with with uh, the lesbian community. I don't really feel uh, welcome there anymore. I get it, you know. They don't I'm not a woman, so I get it. Um, but I think it's it's mostly just like queer men that I feel the most comfortable with at all times. I think that's my new like. I don't know, group that I gravitate toward. Um, but um, I kind of want to wrap up the this whole discussion on misogyny. It's such a big topic, and I don't want to... I'm not trying to say that we're trying to cover the entire topic in one single episode. I am more than positive, and especially when Sophia can talk again, I would love to revisit this so that way she can actively be engaged in the conversation because i am sure that she has a ton of additional stories and all kinds of things that she can add to this um so i definitely want to revisit this again i just wanted to talk about it now to kind of pave the way toward a future discussion and also because i have just been seeing so much of this shit in all sorts of magic groups and all sorts of um just in the queer community and just everywhere 
right now and it's been it's been driving me insane i i can't stand it um i have a, a friend who's going through just all kinds of shit right now and it's and it's her own brother that's the problem so it's just it's not it's not good and i and i really just wanted to address it in this episode um i think overall it's one of those things i don't know if it if we can ever get rid of it i don't i don't know if i'd like to believe that we can as a as a society that we can get rid of this uh, this misogynist um but my thought is maybe it would just be replaced with something worse i don't know i don't know um but i think in the magic community probably one of the best ways to combat it is to just kind of quash those people don't give them a platform anymore you know don't give them a platform to spout their bullshit so i think it's really up to these moderators of these groups to really take a stand like don't pussyfoot around you know stopping bullshit when you see it you know? i would argue too that uh it would up to be up, up to moderators on queer groups as well Mm-hmm. yeah like don't let people just go in there and just trash talk each other and just put it down just shut down the whole damn conversation now granted in a way like yeah you're you're not really taking either side. Yes, you're silencing both parties, but you're also just not giving um, the, the 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 attacker to the the space to continue going on and on and on. You know, so I think that magic groups as a whole, we can do better. I think we need to give more space to women. Um, we need to we need to open up. And we need to hear their voices because they're being overpowered by the voices of men, which should not be the case. I'm not saying that women should overpower men either. We need we need more of a balance, and it needs to happen sooner rather than later. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're just going to kind of wrap it up there. Yeah. Um, we've been quiet on social media. We have a lot going on right now. Um, we do. And- moving scott's going back to school i have pagan pride day coming up we're still putting out the podcast we've just been kind of quiet on social media yeah sorry i'm also we have, trying to get a job <laughs> yeah and we have still been putting out the um we did our second issue of of our zine which comes out every new moon cycle and you can access that if you are um a patreon subscriber just the and one I put up a here really cool spell for the most recent one yes i was like super proud of that spell <laughs> i did like that and i went on this whole I unveiled my, my brainchild that is the queer wheel of the year which interla- uh, overlaps with the Wildwood Tarot wheel of the year and it was like a whole thing so in order to read it you'd be a $1 uh, patron on Patreon and you can see all of that um, so this is going to be posted tomorrow which is Wednesday on Wednesday I don't like working this close down to the wire, but it's okay. Um, and I think we have each season is going to be five episodes. This is episode two of this season. And then so we have three more episodes to go, and then we'll take a little break, which is good because it'll coincide right about like when we're all getting settled into our new uh, things that we're doing in our lives. Then we take a little break, and then we come back. Yeah. Um, and by our second season, I'm pretty sure Sophia should be back by then. Yeah. 
So um, the rest of the season, it'll just be me and Scott. And um, I hope you like the the idea of Sophia doing a little write-up and us reading it in the beginning. Um, if you find that we could do it a different way or however you want to do it, just just leave a suggestion because I'd like to I'd like to get your feedback on this. Um, but yeah, for now, I think we're just going to sign off here and say everyone have a good day and we'll see you in the next episode bye bye hello everyone scott here i've been reading tarot for over 10 years i am an intuitive reader and through my readings i try to give guidance to aid my clients in navigating their lives to schedule a reading with me you can find me on facebook at witchwise seer and witch you can also find me over on instagram and tumblr with the handle Witchwise, spelled W-Y-T-C-H-W-Y-S-E. You can find links to all of my social media in the show notes. I hope to hear from you.